You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. What is happening, Derek? You need to ask me different questions. Right. You just have to. How is I'm- the weather, Steve? <laughs> Derek and Steve present... He will not win a tournament this year. He will not win a tournament this year. Okay, not only did I bet the Tiger wouldn't win a tournament, he also happened to win the Masters. Sean, do you have any faith in my sports takes or my Game of Thrones takes moving forward? Uh, not, not really. Yeah. You heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 131 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, how was your day? How was my day? That's a great one, Derek. Thanks, um, man. My day was pretty good. I'm in my third day with the ACLU. Um, nice. Today's, today's uh, tasks included um, finding clients in local jails in Gainesville to see wow. who uh, would be a good... Uh, client for us when challenging some constitutional amendments, you know? <laughs> Excellent. All the That's good great. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How was your day? My day was was good. Um, pretty standard day at work. It was a beautiful weather day. It's getting a little bit cloudy outside now, but it's also like 7.15 p.m., so it's getting dark anyway. Uh, good day, though. I can't complain at all. So nice beautiful Wednesday day in, Boston. in Boston. Yes, sir. Wow. So and we're recording we on a Wednesday, which is weird. That is weird. That is it is a little bit unique, but we're uh we're just we haven't we hadn't podcasted in a little while and we were trying to find a day that worked well. Uh and this was the day that worked this week. So um, I do want to make a note, quick note, that we will not be talking about Game of Thrones finale. We just won't be doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, I agree. I agree. Unless you want it's, to, but uh, I don't want to. No, I don't want to. Uh, it's not that I'm furious about it. I just, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm over it. Um, I was a little disappointed by it, but, you know, great series. You know, one of the all-time best series of television still, I think. It just, you know, we voiced our displeasures just, with the final season, so. So bad. I, I Yeah. Just, it makes me upset to talk about, so I'm just going to forget about it. I don't Kinda think like really the lightning uh, getting get, getting beaten <laughs> yeah. four games. Just pretend it didn't happen. I just look around to your neighbors yeah. and be like, "What what finale? I didn't. Oh yeah, I guess that happened. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited so, for the final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. It's gonna be great. 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have an opening drive, um, which is yes. something that you have taken some some um, pleasure in knowing. That I pleasure interest. I've taken interest interest, in it. (laughs) Interest. Yeah. Yeah. Interest in knowing that I am on my book game again. Kind of out of nowhere. Derek is back on his book game. So I have been reading. I've been reading Dark Matter, uh, which is a book that you probably did a cozy book corner on. Did you? Definitely. I mean, you read it and reviewed it on Goodreads, which I saw. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm almost positive that I did because it was so wild that it, it needed yeah. a cozy book corner. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, you're talking about you're talking about a book that I haven't read. And so sometimes I'm not really fully registering everything you're saying about the book. And I actually am grateful I didn't because it didn't like give me any preconceived notions or anything um, about what you said about it. I'll have to go back and listen again later when I'm done with it. But uh, but yeah, went, went to Barnes and Noble, picked up Dark Matter. 
started browsing Goodreads a little more, putting adding some things to my want to read list. So that's what you've I'm been trying very, to do. You've been very active on Goodreads. You've been very, very active, active and I'm proud of you for it. And Steve likes just about every activity I do on Goodreads, including <laughs> I still including like when, <laughs> <laughs> including when it automatically adds one of my Facebook friends to my friends list. That's on what I was Goodreads. just about to say. Steve <laughs> likes it. Yeah. <laughs> so like over the years, Goodreads will like if someone likes or, or friend requests you, it will show up as like. Derek is now friends with so-and-so, even though so-and-so is the one who requested you and you haven't checked Goodreads in years. And I always like it all the time. <laughs> like well, Derek's, actually, I, Derek's making new book friends. <laughs> I think it's actually even more automatic than that. I actually don't think these people are specifically adding me. I think that they create their Goodreads via Facebook. And I believe it like, cause there's, I noticed there's a checkbox in your profile that says like automatically accept like Facebook friends like like specifically like connected through Facebook. And so I think it automatically does it actually. If you sign in through Facebook, it's just like, hey, it checks who your friends are and requests them if like you have that checkbox set. Um but yeah, well, Steve I'm, likes I'm it every time. Excited, Half Derek. the time I don't even know who the person yeah. was and he likes it. So. Yeah. Um, um and you have you have committed to a review of this book, which I'm excited yes. about. A I written, said I would review written it. and podcast review. I can do that. I can do that for sure. For sure. A, du- so. a dueling cozy book corner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that'll be coming in the future. Um, that's our opening drive. Any other thoughts on the newfound book game before we head into half number one, which is pop culture? Anything? No, just just that you should request us both on Goodreads because now we are. you know that we are both very active. It's honestly my favorite yeah. social media platform. Um, <laughs> so request us both. Follow us. We're going to be very active. It's fun. Yeah, Steve. Steve told me that that was his. It was his favorite social media platform, which he's definitely the first person I've ever heard say that. But um, I, think, <laughs> reads, I think he means. Baby. I think he mean, I think he means it. <laughs> I I really um, do. I truly do. <laughs> so, without further ado, that brings us into half number one, which is pop culture. Alrighty, so pop culture. Um, the first and last topics of this pop culture section are mainly going to be Steve carrying. Actually, probably the middle one we'll talk about together. But uh, Steve, no, is the middle gonna, is, will be you carrying. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Steve will be talking about the first one, which is a show that you've been watching that I have not watched yet, but I do hope to at some point. Although, you know, I I, I am interested to see the full reviews from you once you're once you're through it. But uh, Chernobyl is what yeah. you've been watching. Is that right? Chernobyl on HBO, indeed. Um, so I didn't want to watch this. It's not a show that interests me. It's not a topic that really interests me, like the nuclear explosion or whatever it is in Chernobyl, Russia, was not in like one of those HBO shows that I got excited for. There's a plenty coming out post Game of Thrones that I was excited for. This was not on the list. Mm-hmm. I did, however, hear really good things about it. And I'm sure, have you heard yeah. good things about it too? I, I did. Yeah, I heard good things, but also, you know, I heard good things, but also things that reaffirm some of the fears, too, of like, you know, this is a heavy handed topic that maybe I'm not certain if I want to dive in or not. So but but yes, I have heard good things. OK, so the it is really, really, really well done as a show, which I which I like um, mm-hmm. it. 
it's one of those things where after the first episode, I was immediately on Wikipedia googling Chernobyl and radiation, and like I just needed to know more. And I, it's one of those shows that reveals how little you actually know. Yeah, um, right. It's really it's really tense. Uh, it does a good job of of balancing two different things. One is the danger of these power plants and like how these nuclear reactors actually work, and two how the Russian government was handling it, which is basically cutting off all uh, information with their citizens, blocking everyone in, releasing no information to the outside world. So basically they could, couldn't get any help because um, they were trying to contain the spread of information because this was during the Cold War. Um, so really well done show. I'm only three episodes in. You are right. It's very intense. It's very like intense to the point where an episode will end and you'll be like, Ooh, I have to take a breath. Cause it is yeah, yeah. deep, especially episode two. And I heard it gets worse. Um, mm. but you could, you could definitely do worse in an HBO show. They're an hour long episodes. They're really well done. And I think it's a mini series, so it'll all be wrapped up within eight episodes, I think. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So initial, initial review is very good. Watch Chernobyl. All right. So yeah, so it's, I, it is something I plan to watch, like you said, because I'm in the same boat as you as far as really as going into it thinking like, yeah, you know, I've heard it's good, but I'm not sure it's something I really want to watch. But I've heard multiple people now with the same stance going in that have liked it a lot. So, um, so that's, yeah, I, I think I'll have to check it out. Um, and, and you're right about miniseries. I think that miniseries tend to be very, uh, they tend to satisfy in the end because they are not dragging on for X number of seasons or having, I don't want to call it a Game of Thrones effect because I don't, I don't think that that's exactly fair, but like, you know, that's one fair. of those effects of like, uh, of more seasons, meaning that you have to kind of change the way you write and do things like a miniseries is very well defined and doesn't drag on and is, is the right length that miniseries are generally the right length. So, um, and it's based somewhat in, I mean, it is, it is a true story, but they, they take, um, liberties here and there to make it watchable, but, um, they have a, they have a defined storyline to follow. So there is a, there is stuff. So you can't like just continue the story. So it will have an ending and it will be true to what actually happened. I bet. Right. Right, right, and you right. still yeah, can't go to sense. Chernobyl. It's you still can't go there. It's like twenty thousand. Apparently, it's like twenty thousand years before the actual last bit of radiation will go away, and it's like two hundred wow. years before it's inhabitable again. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing something about that. They actually like um, the the they they picked up traces of radiation like on the west coast of the United States, or it's, it's oh, something yeah. that, like like, and so that's that gives you an idea of the enormity of that. Um, so it's, yeah. it's wild. It's wild. But, and that, yeah. and they do a good job of showing that in the show that it's just yeah. so much bigger and more intense than you actually remember. And none of us were yeah. born or at least most of the people listening weren't born. So it's really cool to, to know that this actually happened and it's, right. this is not fake. This like was really dangerous and it happened. Yeah. Wow. So Chernobyl, good yeah. to, good to add to the list. Um, Chernobyl, add to the list. Mini series added to the list. Um, so uh, next second, topic. Derek, I want to ask, I want to ask you the next topic because this is, right. this is your hometown. All this right. Is my hometown. So this is your hometown doing this, Derek. So in Boston, a few males have applied for a permit for a straight pride parade. A straight um, so pride parade. my first question, a straight pride parade in response to obviously it's 
it's um there's a big gay pride parade it's it's um june so it's uh, lgbtq month um so the the big pride parade is is either towards the end of the month or, or different weekends in different cities but so in response to that a few uh presumably white uh insecure straight males <laughs> uh, said that they would like to per- uh get a permit for a straight pride parade. So my first question, Derek, is will you be attending and what will you be wearing? That's a great question. So I haven't decided yet what I'm going to wear. Um, but <laughs> of co- I mean, how could I not attend? Right. I mean, like you have you have to attend. Like it's not every day. Go. It's not every day that you get to celebrate like this, you, you know, to, to go out in public and just like not have to worry about any judgment or any, you know, any, yeah. any discrimination or anything like that, you know, like just be proud, um, that you just are allowed to be, to be straight. straight. You're allowed to be straight and there's nothing wrong with that in the world, you know? So, um, so I haven't decided what I'm going to wear yet, Sar- but certainly, yeah. <laughs> Your sarcasm is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm being sarcastic. Uh, of course I'm not going to the straight pride parade. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Uh, it, it did get pushed back, I believe. Uh, it did get derailed a little bit, so I don't know if it's fully a hundred percent on. Um, but you're right. They, uh, these people, well, I, I read something about like that. They, they like the, they're the city essentially like what isn't going to, is going to have a tough time saying no is, is something along the lines of what I read, like legally. Um, mm-hmm. and so these, these guys think that they have the upper hand in getting the permit or whatever to have <laughs> it. So we'll, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> We'll see, but uh, I, that's it's ridiculous. Like we'll we'll see what what comes of it. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But uh, hopefully it so doesn't that, happen. That's a thing. That's a thing. Um, there in is Boston. in Boston, which yeah, I and so that that's becoming the the butt of a lot of jokes on the internet, of course, um, as a result of that. And so we are going to play an audio of one of the viral tweets. That has uh, been out there by Twitter user user uh, Eva and and Harriet. Is that is that how you say it? Yeah, she goes by uh, Eva Victor, and she's Eva actually is her name. Hilarious! I follow her and watch all of her videos, and it's hilarious. Yeah. And this one happened. I mean, she's a very popular comedian, but this one blew up. I think there's like close to a hundred thousand retweets or something like that. Yeah. So it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. So here here it is from Eva Victor. The rant and the tweet is. Me explaining to my boyfriend why we're going to straight pride. Oh my God, babe. Babe, pack your bag. We're going to straight pride. What do you mean? What's straight pride? Babe, you need to get online. Basically, straight pride is where all the straight people are going to gather and celebrate being straight. It sounds so fun. I actually can't even fathom how fun this is going to be. Hurry, get your stuff. Get your swim trunks. I don't know. There might be a pool. I'm going to wear jeans and flats. What don't you get? It's basically straight people hanging out and having fun together. What do you mean that sounds impossible? I I don't understand what's not computing. We have 364 days a year where we have unbelievable unspoken privilege and then we have one day a year. One day where we get to celebrate having that privilege all year round. What doesn't make sense to you? I was born and I was like, okay, I feel different from absolutely nobody. And now I'm an adult and I still feel totally fine because the world is totally made for me. I'm at work and I'm straight and everyone's like, gotcha. And then I leave work and now I get to go somewhere and be straight. And everyone's like, cool. And it just feels like finally, you know what I mean? Babe, I want to go so bad. Straight pride, I want to go straight. I deserve to go to straight pride. I have straight pride. I have straight pride. Kiss me. 
that's what the parade's about. It's about us being able to kiss like that in public. And I bet Walmart will have a float. Don't you want to wear sunglasses that say Walmart? So excellent <laughs> um, satire of this Love situation. <laughs> uh, very, very funny. Uh, like you mentioned, she's got ton. This is like the style of most of her videos on her Twitter, I would say. Um, and yeah. they are very funny. I was looking through some of them uh, once I saw this tweet as well. Did you watch actually, the sun? The sun do you watch the sunscreen <laughs> the one? The sunscreen one I did. Yes, that was also very funny. That's so funny. Um, the other, I actually had incidentally seen one of her videos, not realizing this was the same person. Actually, I had forgotten, but I saw the video of her uh, mullering in the break room, which was from oh, yeah. uh, last week, I think, when there was the when Mueller made his uh, statement. So, um, also very funny. So definitely uh, yeah. check out her videos. But that one is a very relevant and funny uh, satire rant of the straight pride straight pride parade in Boston. That hopefully does not happen, but we'll see. So uh, please keep please keep tabs on it, Derek, because that's something if if there is actually one, if one happens, you need to go and take a photo or a video or something like you have we'll to see. acknowledge and like you have. Yeah, <laughs> just do we'll it. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Straight pride. Parade. If I if I was if I was more if I was the right personality type for this, I would go collect interviews there for a, for a podcast segment. But oh, I, don't think I, could, yeah. I don't think I could do that. I just don't think I, I don't think the, I'm your, <laughs> like, your self-awareness in that situation. Like the fact that you're so self-aware that you would not be the right personality for that is awesome. Cause you would not be, <laughs> <laughs> but it they but would it, be but like, like, this is a joke. This guy, this guy wants to be in this parade. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so there you go. The uh, straight pride parade in Boston. Um, last topic we have uh, back on, on the book train. We have a cozy book corner. Is that right? All aboard the book train. <laughs> yes, we do have a cozy book corner. <laughs> All right. So this week's Cozy Book Corner is actually a book that is a movie that many people have seen. I have not seen the movie, but World War Z. Derek, have you seen World War Z? I have not. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it, certainly. Yes. It's Brad Pitt and Zombies. So this is the book that uh, spawned the movie. So World War Z, it's actually really, really unique. It's a zombie book. It's a dystopian future book. It's very like dark, but it's written as a uh, an oral history of the war so it's all past tense and it's basically mm. a journalist going to different countries and different people and interviewing them saying what did your country do what did you do and it's it's very cool because he draws like a it's not just an individual like i i couldn't i don't know if there's any names said in the entire book like i don't know if any there's no characters in the entire book it's all just snippets of interviews and it, he kind of builds this world where it's like an international crisis and every country handles it differently. Like um, the Americans, they set up camp uh, along the uh, the mountains in the West. And so they have to push back from the, from the West Coast. Um, Israel locks itself down and um, North Korea goes underground. Other, uh, Iceland gets overrun. It's like there's, it, every country has different ways of handling the zombie crisis and it's a little cheesy. It's a zombie book, but 
um, for how it's done, it makes it seem really real and uh, kind of believable and scary. Um, so World War Z, I enjoyed it. If that's your style of book, it's definitely well done, well written, um, and very, very unique. So I'm going to give it 79% Steve Nicholas Avocados World War Z, the book. I, and and right. I haven't seen the movie, so we, we can watch the movie together once you read World War Z too, Derek. All righty. Sounds good. So we <laughs> have 79% there. World War Z is a few books away from me, so I, I don't, don't, don't hold your breath on it, but I will... If the if the book train keeps going, then I will get, at this I'll pace. Get, it'll it will eventually arrive at that stop. So um, can't can't stop the book train. <laughs> All aboard, um, baby! So, so anything else on pop culture before we move it into sports? No, but I love that you are on the book train and calling it the book train. <laughs> of course, of course. How could I not? Um, so without further ado, into uh, half number two, which is sports. The Monster Jam. All righty. So sports, um, we've got two finals going on currently. We have the NBA and the NHL. So that means that everyone is going to bed at midnight every night uh, in the United States and particularly on the East Coast, yeah. not not on the West Coast. Um, so we'll start with the NBA. That's the that's certainly the bigger national interest point because uh, the finals tend to be a spectacle for the NBA nationally, uh, especially in the age of the Golden State Warriors. So what are your thoughts so far on the NBA finals? One to one headed into game three, I believe, tonight uh, after we record. So what are your thoughts? Right. So I'm not going to comment on what I think is going to happen. I'm just going to give no, my yeah, quick yeah. thoughts on current situations. My my first thought and my my almost my only thought <laughs> on the NBA, on on the National Basketball Association, is that I now really hate Drake. Like mm. I hate him, dude. He's he's the he's the biggest dweeb. He's jumping around. He's like hugging the coach during gameplay. He's getting yeah. in fights with players. It is they the NBA needs to do something about Drake. And I, I don't don't get me wrong. I like Drake. It's I get it. It's funny. He's a big Toronto fan, but. He's coming off as a total dork, and I just can't handle it. Um, it's a little other too much. than that. It's a little too much. It's a little too much. Um, other than that, I it's a better series than I thought it would be. The games have been close. Yeah. Um, it's t- it's tied. Um, so uh, I am I am pleasantly surprised. I I am also I want to hear your take. But Toronto, even if they don't win, but certainly if they do, Toronto's going to build a statue to Kawhi Leonard. Like he is their <laughs> god right now. I have never seen a city yeah. take to a player faster and more like benevolently. Like they they are treating him yeah. like he's a god and that he doesn't have a one year contract and wants out of there so bad. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say I will preface this by saying that I don't know that Kawhi is going to leave. You know, I, I do have my doubts. Uh, but Kawhi is such a weirdo, and like you know, some of the moments he's he had in Toronto, weirdo. some of the moments he's had in Toronto could be enough to keep him there. Like you, you hit an iconic game seven shot like that. You have a playoff run like this. If you, you know, there are, I think it's possible he stays, but you're right though. Like they accepting the idea that he might leave. They're all like, I think I actually even saw something on like from a, from the Raptors GM or someone they were like mentioning, like they have this giant like mural somewhere at the stadium of Kawhi's game seven shot. Right. 
And I think they're like, they're Already, like, no, that's, yeah. that's not coming down. Even if, even if he leaves, like that's, that's staying there. That's a piece of Raptors history. And like, I get it, but like, you know, I mean, if it is, if it does end up being one season of the guy, I know it's, I'm not going to say it wasn't worth taking the chance. Like I would say, yes, this is already paid off and was worth the chance they took because they're in the finals and it's one to one. So yes, it was worth the chance they took, but yeah, I mean, you don't immortalize the guy if he leaves, but like, I mean, you, you I'm you, saying I w- Derek, I would not be surprised if they have a banner hanging ceremony and retire his number <laughs> before game three tonight. <laughs> that's what I, that's like how much they love him. It's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it is wild. So, um, so I pretty much agree with the take on that, that I think it's, it is crazy, but it, you know, these Canadians are insanely friendly and, and accepting and they, and they, you know, they're just like, we like, literally I saw tons of tweets like, uh, like about, like, even if he leaves being like how he's just such a great person and like how he's given everything to them. And like, even if he leaves, like he's fought so hard and like, like it's so Canadian, like, <laughs> like all their yeah. takes about him. Um, Brutal. So uh, so yeah, so my take there, my only other take is actually kind of a weird one because like you're, you're rooted in wanting Golden State to lose because of what they've become. Um, yeah. But I kind of, I kind of really enjoyed Golden State rolling without Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, like, like as the yeah. old, as the old Warriors, I actually really liked that being someone who like wants to justify like the whole KD is soft thing, you know, like I, I think. Um, yeah. Look, like Katie's an elite, elite, elite player. No one's arguing against that. But like, you know, I I want like, I still find it baffling that he that he doesn't understand why people call him soft. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he yeah he, he can't yeah. accept that still. And so I was very very much enjoying watching the roll the Warriors just roll and sweep through the conference finals. And you know they ended up losing game one of the finals, so that kind of ended a little bit there. And gives more credence to the fact that yeah, these Warriors actually do need Durant, you know. So that's the only downside for me. Um, but overall, you know, it's I think I have to be somewhat happy about the fact that it is competitive. We a lot of we probably didn't think this would be competitive. So um, no. So it's a step forward, I would say, for the NBA, unless Kawhi obviously leaves and <laughs> no one's in in that in shape to contend again. Although at this rate, if Kawhi goes well, to another I'm- team, maybe they're good enough, you know. Yeah, well, I've seen a bunch of tweets from former players like, like, look at y'all bowing, bowing down to Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors when as soon as LeBron leaves, yeah. the Toronto Raptors make the finals. Like, that's how bad the East was and that's how good LeBron was. So uh, people are spinning it however they want, but I yeah. think it's good to at least get new teams in there and it yeah. looks like they have a shot. Yeah, I, and, I, you know, I will I will admit, too, the Raptors are, are very well constructed at this point, like even with Kawhi, like they kept a lot of pieces that are really good and, and playing really well. Um, I, I certainly underestimated them going into the season. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, look, they got Kawhi, but they gave up the Rosen. And like, you know, that was that was way bigger of a of a lopsided trade than people thought. I think, you know, like because DeMar DeRozan, oh, yeah. you look at as an all star, but he's not he's not Kawhi. like it shows the separation from a guy like Kawhi Leonard to your next tier, like middle tier all-stars. You know, there's a big, big difference between that, those elite guys. Was DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard the, a one-for-one one trade or was there a lot nah, more that? No, there was, there was more in it, but not not like, not like insanely significant more. I think like Danny Granger was in that trade potentially. Or sorry, uh, Danny Green. And, but I know, but Danny Green is on, is on Toronto. So 
I know I, he couldn't have been. I don't. I don't remember. But there was more to it. Um, but not not like a big, huge, uh, significant piece. I don't think. But like the Raptors' mm-hmm. other good assets, such as like Pascal Siakam's, like a good young player. Like they their draft picks for the most part. I, I think they kept most of it. I would have to look up what the trade was, but. The, the Spurs didn't get like a haul beyond that because if you remember that they had no leverage because of what Kawhi did. So, right. Um, that's what we hate about the current NBA is you pick where you exactly. want to go and handcuff your you team. decide where you want to go. Yeah. And, and you, we should be ready for Kevin Durant to do that this year. <laughs> the war. And now I don't feel bad for the warriors about it, but he's probably going to do it, you know? So, um, yeah, so we'll see, but, uh, anything else on the NBA finals you want to mention? No, uh, Go, I think I'm rooting for the Raptors. Yeah, I am Go too. Go Raptors. Yeah. I'm definitely rooting for the Raptors. Um, and I, I just think it would be funny that uh, Canada hasn't won a major American sports championship in like 30 years or something. I just think it'd be funny if it was basketball and not hockey. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. They, got seven, they have seven hockey teams and they have one team in every other sport. Um, yeah. So uh, speaking of hockey, the, uh, the Stanley Cup finals are going on, which I'm obviously heavily invested in. Um, game five is coming I up on Thursday, Thursday night. <laughs> um, series is two to two right now, which is, uh, what a lot of people expected. I know some Bruins fans wanted to think this thing was going to be over when they won seven to two in game three, but, uh, the blues are very tough and physical and scrappy team. They're not going anywhere. Uh, and Zidane Chara has a broken jaw now. So, um, so they're, officially? Uh, well, I think officially it's from what I've seen now, he hasn't been ruled out now because hockey players are psychopaths, but, um, yeah, upper he, body, upper is, body injury, <laughs> upper body, body injury, probable to play with his jaw wired yeah. shut. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens, but, uh, really, you know, game five is enormous. You know, the winner of game five at a two to two wins a, a Stanley cup final, like, you know, 80 plus percent of the time I would assume. Um, particularly the team when it's the team at home, uh, who, if they win it. So for the Bruins, a lot of upside to win that, um, uh, you know, the Bruins have have home, they have home ice, they have home ice. So they're at home for five and seven, um, and St. Louis, uh, for game six. So, you know, you don't want to go on the road to St. Louis needing a win, of course. Um, so you, you, you got to win game five and then you guarantee yourself at least a home game seven, which is the best, the best you can have going into any season, any playoffs, anything. Like if you tell your team you're gonna have a home game seven for the championship, you say yes. I'll take it every day of the week. So, um, right. So you got to just just win game five, and that's really got to be the only focus for the Bruins. So we'll see. They're battling adversity, battling it, battling injury. So uh, it should be should be interesting. But any, I assume you don't have many thoughts on, Games on, on hockey. Thir- but Thursday, Thursday night, eight p.m. Um, yeah, I don't have many thoughts. I do. Li- I have been watching the games. I do like the Blues, and I dislike the Bruins more than I usually do. I feel like they've, um, (laughs) what's his face? Uh, Marshan's kind of been in a lot more, I don't want to say trouble, but he's just been a lot more in your face than usual. Yeah, he's being, yeah, he's being the pest. He's, he's upped his, his pest game again from what he was before. Yes. Um, and I do like the blues. Like they, they actually play really, they're really fun to watch. Um, that number 91 to Zarnev or whatever. Um, he's spectacular. So it, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm I'm not I'm rooting against the Bruins, but I'm I'm rooting for the Blues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Um, you know, just you know, going in, I like the Blues. I think I think anytime you play a team like this, you grow tired of them as the fan of the other team. You know, so I'm starting to not like the Blues, yeah. but it's you know, it's mainly 
it's just because you pick up, you, you start to cling to a lot of the little things in a series, you know, like their coach complained about the refs and like, you know, a yeah. couple of their, you know, all these little things during the series, but the blues has are it, overall a likable team. It's been very, it's been pretty chippy, been chippy. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's been pretty chippy. Um, they, I mean, they're real physical, you Good. know, and then particularly in the last game, you know, it started to also get some of the, you know, the blues had a couple of, you know, a couple of those embellishments where they showed on the replay and it's like, didn't really hit him. That leads to more chippiness because then guys get pissed about that, you know? So I think it's got a lot yeah. of energy and a lot, a lot of emotion. So I think it's, it's a good series for the neutral fan in that regard. Uh, and now it's barreling toward being a long series, obviously, because it's two, two. So, um, are you going? I'm going to game five. Games? I will be at game five cool. and I'll, I will be at game seven if it happens. So, um, that's crazy. So it is insane. Um, but yeah, cause I, I got off the list for Bruins season tickets. So that, uh, that is lucky for me that I'm, I have those tickets to those two games. So we'll Must see. Must be nice. It, it is nice, but that's a uh, games game seven of a cup finals at home is like once in a lifetime type of thing. So <laughs> I don't want a game seven, but if there is one, I will certainly be excited for it. So, um, yeah, so that's it. Anything else on hockey? No. All righty. Last topic, the French open. I'm going <laughs> to let you handle this one. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to go quickly through yeah. these because not everyone cares about the French <laughs> Open. But uh, French Open tennis, uh, Friday morning at 4 a.m., Derek, appointment television. I'll be watching. Set your set your alarms for Federer-Nadal, uh, the semifinal in, uh, in the French Open, Roland Garros. Uh, it's going to be one of, I don't, I, I say this every single year and it's never true, but it's one of the last times they'll play at the French Open together and that's where they have their best matches because Federer is historically a better tennis player. Nadal is historically better on clay, like way better. So Nadal usually wins the French Open, but Federer plays a really good game. So it's usually one of the best matches you can watch in tennis every year is when those two play at the French Open. Um, so that's Friday at 4 a.m. Um, other than that, it's going to be Djokovic on the other side. So winner of this will most likely play Djokovic. Um, and it'll probably be Nadal Djokovic. But keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, on the women's side, Serena Williams is out. Caroline Wozniak uh, is out. Um, she exited early as usual. Serena exited way earlier than usual. Um, and there's two Americans left. Madison Keys, who has won a major before. And then Amanda... Anisimova, she's 17 years old, Derek. Are you ready wow. for this fact? Are you ready for I this am, psycho fact? I am ready for this psycho fact. Amanda Anisimova is the first person to make a semifinal of a tennis championship that was born in the 2000s. Wow. wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah, that's real weird. She was born in 2001. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that would make you 17 or 18 years old. That's yeah. Wow. So now she's playing in the semifinals or the quarterfinals, whatever it is, uh, of the French Open. So uh, we can root for her, but don't get any funny ideas, Derek. She's only 17. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, so that's it. French Open. Um, by the time the next podcast comes out, should be over. Um, and it looks like Simona Halep and... Nadal, that, that would be my guess, are the men and women's champions. But um, just a quick update because I follow it. So there you go. French Open, there Roland Garros. There's your French Open update. Um, appointment television, Friday, 4 a.m. I know I'll be watching. Friday at 4 a.m. Uh, <laughs> so anything else on sports? 
before we no, kick it into the- No, that's it on sports for me, Derek. All righty. So the final drive, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I want to go second today, Derek. Second. I had no clue what you were going to say there. Um, Good. So- my final drive uh, will be a movie review. I went to the movies uh, yesterday um, to see Rocket Man, which is the uh, Elton John biopic. Basically, um, it is uh, a basically a you know recreation of Elton John's career, starting you know really starting from when he was a child. It kind of brings the first like thirty minutes of the movie brings you through like his childhood up through his young adult or you know his early uh 20s where he becomes kind of a superstar in the music industry um and you know it's it's really it's kind of your it's kind of not it's not an atypical storyline of your of your rock star who who gets into all the the drugs and the the fame and the money and stuff and like how they work through all of it uh and how they come out the other end of it and you know the redemption and it's kind of you know it's it's the true story of his life and like kind of not that uh, crazy. It's not like there's any big surprises or any like kind of twists that you're not waiting for. Um, but overall, it's really well done, I would say. So the the, the actor who plays Elton John, um, his name, I think Taron Egerton, I think is his name. Um, yeah, he he's the guy from uh, what's that spy show? The British. Oh spy, yes, Kingsman. Um, the, gr- the Kingsman. Yeah. Yeah. He he's in he's in one of the Kingsman movies. Um, and so he does an outstanding job. I, I think he just really, really well acted, uh, in that regard. Um, the guy who plays, uh, Rob Stark is also one of the, uh, supporting characters, um, as like one of the music managers in the show. So like there, there's a few recognizable actors and actresses in it. Um, but really well acted, really, you know, you know, it, it's kind of a musical and that like, it's one of those where they break into song for a lot of the kind of uh, scenes but a lot of them use Elton John songs you know to kind of tell the story so it's it's pretty yeah. cool um, overall I give it 82% Derek Dragon Fruits uh, I won't certify Apatia Colada but definitely good um, I would recommend seeing it if, if you're thinking about it I wouldn't say go way out of your way to see it but certainly recommended from as far as I'm concerned so Rocket Man 82% Derek Dragon Fruits Rocket Man good one well I'll have to check it out um, so my final drive this week is I officially started Ray Donovan on Showtime. All right. Um, funny story is I've actually been told I look like Ray Donovan at mul- in multiple <laughs> occasions. I look like the main character. Interesting. Um, he is, it's a very interesting show. He's from Boston. So if you're listening to it from Boston, there's a lot of Boston references. Um, he's a, like a fixer. He's like a guy who just goes around and if like, oh shoot, like, the girl I was with overdosed. He'll like go and make sure that no one, the cops don't find her. Or if like, oh, like someone got killed, he'll make sure that no one gets in trouble. Or he's just like a fixer and he makes millions of dollars. Um, it's almost like a video game. Like he'll just be walking down the street and someone will come up to him and was like, hey, Ray, you're Ray Donovan, right? Uh, I need your help doing this thing. And it's like a side quest. And he's like, all right, <laughs> fine, I'll help you. Um, so it's like, it's weird because there's, there's hundreds of different storylines all at once because he's just jumping around helping everyone um he's weirdly likable and hateable at the same time uh i'm only four episodes in but i can't tell if i like him or hate him um it's pretty good it's very cheesy it's a it's definitely there's about six or seven seasons and you can tell that um it, it had to start off a little hot like so there's a lot of things that he does and the people around him do that normal people wouldn't really do um <laughs> but 
very interesting. Uh, it's like an HBO show. It's well done, well acted, um, a little cheesy. I probably won't watch more seasons, but depending on how this season ends, maybe I will. So worth a, worth a couple watches. It's really easy to watch, and uh, it's well known. It's been all around for a long time. Yeah. Like everyone has heard of Ray Donovan. So Yeah, definitely. Um, not, a, not a bad show, but I'm not going to rate it yet because I haven't seen enough, but uh, Ray Donovan on Showtime is is what I'm doing now, and it could be worse. There you go. It could be worse. The Ray rave reviews. Donovan. <laughs> He's cool as a cucumber, that Ray. And there's a lot of bad Boston accents, too. Oh, there you go. That's like, good. Listen, Ray. Listen, Ray. There's a hole in your heart, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that does sound That's like good. a bad Boston accent. It's very, <laughs> very quotable. Very quotable. He goes like, Whenever he, he says, like, you're in the solution now. Like, that's what he says. And you're like, uh, barf. <laughs> so there you go. Ray Donovan, it could be worse. Um, and it's not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. So that's it for episode 131. Anything else you want to add before we go? No, it's good. Good times. Solid times. We'll see you guys next time for episode 132. Later days, Ray. <laughs>